Instagram post. I'm from that dirt, 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 dirt. I'm all about that dirt, dirt, dirt. I'm throwing dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt, dirt, dirt. Gotta get back to I'm it. a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that dirt, dirt, dirt. I miss that dirt. Dirt. Gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, Mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, well, that's me. Roll like the trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Them cold kind, we're tossing. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. I hit the high side. Boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast. Often imitated, never duplicated. Your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And I am live here in studio tonight with the guys from Master Built Race Cars. I've got Tater Masters and back at home again at Master Built, Rick Hidden Magic Gum. Um, gentlemen, I know we've been trying to do this for a while and we had we had some miscommunication on my part. Tater, you were under the weather there one night and uh but I wanted to get you guys back in here because obviously Rick coming back in the fold at Master Belt and some of the stuff that you guys are working on right now uh, is big stuff. But um, how is things right now, guys? Coming out of the pandemic, how's things at Master Belt? Man, you, you you wouldn't believe that there's ever a pandemic down there. We've probably been as busy as we've been for probably the last five or six years. It's just unbelievable how many cars we got to put together right now assemble. We went from used to building a lot of frames sending them out the door and now they're anywhere from semi-complete to fully complete cars how much is that you know that idea of going from just building frames to that full complete car how much effort and work does that add to you guys well a lot of it's got to do with logistics getting enough parts in there to do it this pandemic has strained everybody in the racing industry as far as getting parts especially a lot of the stuff that comes from the west coast the california area has really been hit hard and then uh, the pennsylvania area up around the winters and them has been pretty pretty uh, hard to get rear ends from too but man there's a lot of pieces that goes on them car that the price has increased anywhere from 15 to 30 percent so that makes it a little bit harder too but we're busy at the shop you know i mean we're we're, we're very fortunate and blessed but we got some pretty good guys down in the southeast running that Dustin Mitchell really give us a kick in the in the rump this year to get us some cars down that area. Uh, the McCarters that race down there, 411 Speedway, that own it. Uh, Pearson won the the hangover hangover, hangover race. <laughs> well, like they have the leftover and a hangover. I was trying to figure <laughs> out which one it was. So that that sure give us a kick in the in the pants too. But we've been racing some with Pierce and the boys down there. They had to take off a little bit of time. They had some. Uh, some uh family issues there so we was parked for a while but we're going to race the race on monday not the memorial day race at 411 then we got some smoky mountain stuff scheduled and we got a, actually a new crate car we're putting together down there for uh, uh pierce and mitch and them guys to run so 
We're trying to get more involved in the crate stuff because it is so, so huge in the southeast and the east. So we're trying to get into that market some more. You know, and that's a that's a great point. With with last year I got to travel and film the American Crate All Star series down there in Tennessee and Georgia and, and watch it and people in Indiana I think think they know what crate racing is, but when you get down there to the southeast and, and the eastern crate racing's a whole different ball game down there. Yeah, well the, the the big difference in racing in the south is and we actually got the test at four eleven on December the eighteenth. That was unheard of for us because I've never did nothing like that unless it had been in Florida. But December the 18th, we tested at 411 Speedway down there. And Mitch, being the track owner down there, he can prepare it so it's ready to go when you get there. You can get it tractioned up or you can get it as slick as ice. So it makes it pretty pretty easy to learn right there. But no, them guys in the south southeast, they're, they're racing 12 months a year where the guys up here only race, what, seven, eight months. And that makes a big difference, which it also made a difference in – and how many cars and how much product you need to get built anymore to service these guys. But, I mean, it's good for the industry, but it, I think it can get a guy burnt out. But the thing is, though, if you can get down there and race some races and do your testing and compete 12 months a year, it'll make you a lot better racing than the guy that gets to run six or seven months. Absolutely. And, Rick, I'm going to jump to you because last time we had you on and talking, you were um, you were dominating the uh, Pure Stock class and, uh, you know, uh, ruffling a lot of feathers i guess would be the best way to put it and uh you've taken some time back now and and came back here to master belt and i kind of want to start from the beginning because you made a great point before we went on air and you you talked about you know that that core group of guys that have been with the masters down there at masters belt and talked about how when all of you guys walked in none of you could build a race car and and the experiences that you've had there the lessons you've learned you know are the skills that you have today and so kind of go back to that when you originally came to masters built and then what's brought you back now uh you know, uh I, I wouldn't have done what i'd done in that car that brought me on this show the first time if i hadn't went to work down there back in the 90s uh i you know i was an 18 19 year old kid out of high school and uh you know uh, how it all happened <laughs> poor old bean <laughs> but we uh a good friend of mine and they got it was a wedding reception and taylor looked at me he said you got a job i said i just quit my job i said no i ain't got a job he said come down to the shop and i went down to the shop cream hell i didn't know anything and uh he uh i walked in there they gave me the job and, and uh you know, me and Brad, you know, that's what I done. I, you know, me and Brad worked there in the aluminum side of it, assembly side of it, and uh, that's all. That's what people don't understand is, is I didn't build chassis when I was there. I built chassis on my own, you know. But how I was able to do that was from learning from what I done there, and you know, we sit there and we put the. I mean, man, that that was the heyday. I mean, that you know. You, you walk in the shop, you know, big race of Brownstown, hell, you, you know, Jack Boggs would be there, Ronnie Johnson, or, you know, Bart Hartman, and, you know, it just on and on and on and on, just, you know, I, I, I've sat there and I've been able to talk to, to every great race, dirt label racer in the country because of that place, you know, uh, it, it 
it was amazing, you know, but it was everyday life for us, you know, and once I left there and, and you think back, I was like, shit, you know, we really got to talk, talk to some, you know, got to be around some, you know, Billy Moyer, you know, just, just a lot of good, good people and, and not just racers, good crew guys, good guys that have become something else in the industry you know so, you know we were just talking about uh brian dunaway today you know that guy went down to the morrisville he's working for a cup team you know he'd been down there for a year you know the guy you know the guy raced a late model back in the 90s and was coming over there you know just so many people that i've met because of that place and then i leave the place for 25 whatever years and then taters somehow horn me back into this deal but uh now we're you know we're uh, this is what people don't understand is especially anybody locally around here that place ain't dead it's coming i mean it, it you know we're not down there uh screwing off and and waiting for you know waiting for the funeral you know uh the procession we're, we're now we're we're rolling i mean this is tater has done a hell of a job to to turn it around and i'm just fortunate to be a part of it now that he's got it headed to the right direction and man i you know we got a lot of things to figure out but we're definitely going the right direction <clears throat> and i before you jump in tater i think that's a huge point that you just brought up because there is so many people who who either a think it's closed or b the all the rumors that it's you know it's it's closing or it's sold or it's moving or and, and i always laugh because living here in crothersville i always say well i just saw tater at thirsty's the other night like they're here like or i drove by the shop and so-and-so's truck and trailer was down there dropping something off or picking something up like when you're around here it, you guys are doing you're moving i mean stuff is going on so it is very exciting to see that next direction that masters built said it yeah well the last year when i got to race with hud you know what i mean it was it was a blessing for what we got to do but it was really premature i needed to run a re, I'll probably race a year with his dad don and get us some uh some some stuff laid down where we could work off of uh <clears throat> We tried to do that deal shotgun from the hip, and really we was under finance, which we had a lot of good people to help us. And I hadn't been on the road for two or three or four years, and it hurt. It hurt bad. But after we stepped back and and we separated, me and Hud still talks pretty much every week. Me and Don talks a lot, and I've got better. And you know, I mean, Hud throws me a bone every once in a while, and I back and forth and. I've gotten involved with some more people. I got to do some more testing and just got more knowledge, and it's helped us get better. Now, can we get out there and compete right now and win a World of Outlaw Race or Lucas? With the right driver and the right team, you can. But we just need to keep on doing what we're doing and uh, keep going forward and gaining. Guys, regardless whether you win them races or not, you still got to pay your guys when it comes Wednesday. So whether it's building the 604s, the 602, the steelhead late models, the open light models that's what we got to do the the bottom line in that shop is when it comes wednesday you got to pay all your guys and pay yourself because if you're going to go in there and work six seven days a week or five days whatever it might be 
at the end of the week none of it makes no money it's no fun which i love racing and i've worked you know i mean years doing this and i've had weeks that i haven't got paid but you know i mean here here since the been end of the year and whatever we've really did good and you know like i say it'll come in time and if we don't if we don't win the world 100 or the dream or the jackson again whatever it is the bottom line is that all my guys is getting paid and we're and we're moving forward well i also want to throw out and uh we talked to him last week on our pre-race show there at brownstown speedway but um justin bowling was talking about you know just just the service and what you guys had done for him he broke an axle tube the week before and didn't notice it till tuesday and he talked about the fact that you know he got with you guys he got it up there you guys got it fixed and back to him by thursday he was back ready to go to the race and you know I, I think people don't always realize that and how important that is you know we can talk all we want about these big touring guys but to justin bowling that meant everything because saturday night he was back at the racetrack ready to race yeah that makes a difference and i i give you another example that happened and uh, th- there's a gentleman that bought a new car from us from Rome, Georgia. He's actually a tree trimming guy. And he called up there one day, and he didn't think that he got the service he did. So you know this Facebook Live, you know I mean? This this social media goes everywhere anymore. Well, <laughs> telling you, some, one of the guys races our cars, uh, Colton Jackson sent Geraldine a, a, a link to, to watch it. She said, Tater, have you seen this? I said, no. And I went and looked at it. I said, oh, my God. You know what I mean? So I've, I've kind of put Josh in, in 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 charge of that, but we got it working. He's got a complete car we're building, but honestly, the whole situation made me realize it don't make any difference if these guys that race these cars has got $2 million or they got a, a 500 or $1,000. you got to treat them the same. And since then, our service has been second to none. Well, it's uh, just like the deal with Justin. I mean, his problem was huge to him. It wasn't such a big deal to us. I mean, we can, we, you know, that's what we do, you know. So, I guess some people, some people overreact, just like the the guy he's talking about. That you know, they kind of get a little bit because they don't, they they can't do, they can't fix it. They mm-hmm. can't fix the problem, or they can't come to the end of the problem with, you know. But we can. And, and it's not that big a deal and you know you know it, I, I actually that that whole week that week there the fixing justin's car we fixed skylar lewis's we done the same thing same for skylar lewis Scott. like the next day so i mean it's it's not really <clears throat> it we are there to take care of our people you know take care of our race cars take care of I me mean, and i you know so people that uh don't believe or don't think that that we're we're doing is they're wrong we're you know we're, we're doing it i mean this is this is what we're doing and this may be a ridiculous question but do you have any idea ballpark how many masters built cars are out there running right now i don't know how many is out there running now but i'm telling you since me and since keith and my brother my brother started that thing years ago i figured we'd built over like seven or eight thousand cars <laughs> You know, that's that's probably on the low end. Well, we didn't. There, there weren't a serial number on a car until ninety. Until until ninety, we really that, not, st- that narrow car. We really started numbering them cars real good at two thousand. Yeah, and I think they entered the shop night right now. We're three thousand maybe. Yeah, since since you started numbering them in two thousand. <laughs> yeah, 
See, that's that's unbelievable. And I mean, a, and there's a few of them that don't get numbers every once in a while. That, but that's a lot of race cars. And 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 there's nothing. And you would not believe how many guys that'll call in their shop and Gerald said, "Hey, Taylor, you need to get this one." This guy will call you and he gives you a serial number like a zero. 128 or 28 i said man that thing's a 2000 i said you realize that thing's 20 years old but and then you'll get one in 05 and 06 and they're winning races yeah you know so what do you do say hey you got to support them well, and help them well uh what's that car dinner to volusia is it volusia that's winning all them races and it's what an old four five Something, six yeah it's pretty old yeah and that and that's the thing uh you know, again, we, we were kind of talking off air, and, and Ricky brought, brought it up there with, we're not on the world of outlaws, we're not on Lucas, blah, blah, blah. But what people don't realize is you go out, and just a few weeks ago I called the Indiana Pro Late Models at Bloomington. I announced that race. And I think of the 25 cars that were there, I think 11 of them were master-built chassis. Mm-hmm. Again, and that's not just here locally any crate race you go to you're going to see masters belts in the field and and they're still running they're still competing they're still doing well there's a lot like i said there's a lot of them in the southeast south southeast down there and a lot little colton jackson that runs down around rome and dixie and and uh 411 and he runs at uh though uh the one there chattanooga used to be boyd's yeah boyd speedway man he wins a ton of races telling you and that was the new car we built a couple years ago but there's a lot of them out there i'm telling you if you can you know i mean and we get a lot of emails and a lot of facebook posts and whatever where guys win races that michael roush has run good down there in the south so we got some good guys and we got a couple good guys running Volusia speedway but now don't get me wrong it's not a uh tv race that's put on you know i mean dirt on dirt or whatever but i'm telling you them are, there's a lot of good racers out there that's that's overrated we ain't worried about that stuff what well, it goes back to two what you just said earlier it doesn't matter whether they got two million in the account or it's yeah, 500 it's right. that big yeah. to them yeah. and it's that exactly. important to them exactly so looking ahead obviously where where's the where's the future masters built what are we where are we headed towards well we got a lot of stuff that we've been working on and wanting to do the problem is that we're minimal on help you know like us like rick and josh and myself and we got another guy that helps us North Vernon. We call him Two Day Jay because he works either two or three days. Well, but, well, but let's he, give him a little bit of credit. Three days. Three we'll days. Three Jay. days. He's Jay. good help, oh. He is. And then, He's good help. And then Chris comes in and helps us for night. But yep. you know I mean, and everybody anymore looks at their jobs on on pay scale, and you know as well as I do, health insurance is a big issue anymore in the jobs that people's got. And when you have somebody that comes and works, he works somewhere else, even though he hates his job. And he's got some pretty good benefits. How you say, ah, oh, you need to quit that and come down here. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it puts more strain on me. But, but like I say, we're we got some good people we're working with. And uh, like I said, the McCarters is a big part of my racing right now. Which Mac down there, he's twenty seven, and Pierce is twenty nine or thirty. So they got a good future ahead of them, and they're they're pretty well financed, so they can do what they want to do. Now, are they going to race uh, a touring series? No, because they both got children and they're family people. And there's nothing wrong with that. They, no. They race because they love it, you know? Hey, you know, th- this whole touring deal, this this whole World of Outlaws Lucas Oil deal, man, look at them. They're falling off like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, and I don't want to bash those series because we need them. We need them series. But the thing about it is, is not many people 
can sustain doing that. You know what I mean? And it, it and it's starting to show up. Yeah. Here's the deal. When I raced that deal with Don from 08 to the end of 13, 14, when you commit to that, it takes off that many years of your life. I went for five years that I didn't do nothing but go to the races and race them cars. And, you know, we had a good business back then, and we did really good. But, you know, there's probably when we ain't two, guy, two people gives a shit that I did that and, and wasted five years. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And basically, the racer deal is they want you to help them. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, the age that I'm getting, i got to have a little bit of time for me, too. Absolutely. Which I still love racing. And I think I'm better when I don't have to go every weekend and wear myself out and beat myself up. I learn more testing them cars pretty much anymore than I do racing. And I, I used to think the other way around, but still I like to go race them. But the more time that you can get on a racetrack to test in a good test environment. You know I mean, I've been down there in the south and tested two or three times. And we was at the track with Jimmy Owens and Dale McDowell and you know I mean a few other guys. How can you say, well, we was in our testing, but we didn't have a good judge or a good car to compare to? Damn, man, that's two of the best races in the country. <laughs> So, you mean, you can judge what you do against them. And, you know, I mean, we got where we could get around some of them tracks pretty good, and they're always inviting us to come because they want to see they want to see how they stack up against us. Hey, some of these regional racers is pretty good, like that Jet, that Rice kid over at Florence. Mm-hmm. Kid's pretty awesome over there. So if you want to go practice, go practice, practice over there when he's there to see how you stack up. Absolutely. And when you talk about that whole flip from – you know, you used to think you learned more racing than testing. Do you think that's because the way these cars have changed, that setup and hitting the setup is so much more important than having a guy that can just wheel it no matter how it's set up? Well, I don't care what what they say. You still got to have somebody to wheel it. And there's some of this younger generation that's running pretty good. I just think that they can get up on that wheel a little bit better. Hey, I'm telling you sitting right there, ain't none of them guys out there don't know better than Don. The only thing they got on Don is he's a little bit older. And Scott, you can't do nothing when that Scott. That Scott is one of the best or the best. You know what I mean? Age catch up, uh, Father Time catches up with you. You know what I mean? We got aches and pains and and problems that we didn't used to have. If Scott woke up tomorrow morning and said, "You know what? I want to go win the World One Hundred. I believe he'd win the World One Hundred. I mean, I, I mean, if he woke up tomorrow and said, "That's what I'm going to go do." I think if he won off it, 100%, I think what's hurt him in a lot of those races was still trying to tour, and, and he is at the uh, age he, where he, it wears him out. You know, he, he got hurt on this bike and got done this, done that, whatever, and, you know, there's always all of that conspiracy stuff. But uh, well, I said the I'm, other day. I'm just telling you, I, I, I do believe that Scott, he's still got a little bit left in him, and he – I'm telling you, if he wakes up and says, I'm going to go win a World 100, he's going to go win a World 100. Well, even this SRX deal that Ray Evernham and Stewart are putting on, that they're yeah. putting Bloomquist in the car yeah, for those any... those dirt races. Yeah, He will show things in those cars against those guys because he'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. The, the, here, the, the biggest problem with Scott is his own mind. He, he'll screw himself by, with his own mind. I mean, if he had somebody just, all he had to do is just sit down a damn thing and drive it. I mean, he he's, me and Taylor was talking about, he, uh, put him in a race car, no thought, that guy will, 
wear you out. He'll make any car better, I'm telling you, when he gets in it. Scott's just like, you know I mean? I, I think they showed up a little bit when Strickler drove his car. I mean, now, he didn't win the race. Now, he might win one this week or next week. But I think that the, with the, the shoe was on the other foot, and you can put Scott in one of the, his cars, he could maybe be a little bit better, you know. And I'm not taking nothing away from Kyle Strickler because he's a hell of a wheel man. But this Scott, you know I mean, how can you degrade him? Nice. Look what he's won right. and what he's did. I've seen him get in cars when he drove our cars back in the early 90s. I seen him get in Doug Wiggs's car at Cedar Lake when he broke his, and this Wiggs couldn't make a show, and Scott was within a tenth and a half being the best car, <laughs> running the top five right. of, the, of the Cedar right. Lake Nationals. Right. It's just the guy's that good, and you know, uh, you got some other ones that's that good too. The older generation, now the new generation, I don't think they've raced long enough to pick out the ones that's going to be solid like the older guys. That's my opinion. Well, here, my opinion is, is what we've done with these younger guys is, and Steve Francis made I, – I listened to an interview to him one time when he was ready to quit. He's like, you know, I spent my whole life racing these cars trying to keep them straight. He said, they don't – you know, we're side – I can't do that. I've raced my entire life doing this. i done it this way. I'm done. So, I – you know, and I'm not taking anything away from a Bobby Pierce or a Tyler Herb or anybody like that, but these cars are aggressive. You gotta wheel them. You gotta, you know, you you gotta do that. And I think that's what's helped those kids, or what I'm gonna call kids, and and what's hurt maybe the Billy Moyer and the Scott Bloomquist and, and the older generation. Hey, I got to tell a story while I was just talking about that. We built a new car for, uh, what's his name in Madison there? Shoemaker. Shoe, Brian yeah, Shoemaker. Brian Shoemaker. Nez over practice in a Brownstown, and Rick Hines, or Hines drove it, the Jeremy Hines. And then uh, Gumby, Rick drove it, and Shoemaker drove it. And Brian <coughs> told me down at the shop this week, he said, man, I'm pretty good, but he says, Man, you just got to drive that car every lap like it's the last one to make it circle that corner. And I said, duh. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Have you watched the crate races yeah. at Brownstown? Yes. <laughs> you yeah. got to run every lap like it's the last one. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and I told Taylor, I said, man, I, you know, I, that's the first time I ever actually got to sit in, a, in, in one of those cars. And uh, thanks to Brian. Appreciate you letting me do it. Uh but I made some laps in the thing, and I was like, when I did make good laps, I was like, man, I'm like, so, you know, I'm bent. I'm like, you know, of course, I'm you. I nowadays I'm so used to floating around here straight, you know. But uh, man, I, you know, to doing that, I was like, when I told Josh, even I was like, man, I feel like I was too bent. I was too bent. You know, I mean, we went around there pretty. I mean, I I, I made a couple of pretty decent laps, so you know, I was like. I get it now. I understand it. You know, you're not bent. That's just the way this works. This is how these cars work. You know, you can't go in there and play around and try to point it in the corner straight or nothing like that. That's not how this works. You got to drive these race cars. And I don't care if you got a 500 or 400 horse motor or, or a 900 horse motor you have to drive these cars nowadays and that's the same thing that that i listened to that interview with with uh 
Steve Francis. Steve Francis. <laughs> he said the same thing. And, and his interview made more sense to me than anybody, you know. And, you know, that's the way it is, you know. And right now, I mean, we know we got a good race car out there. It's having the good, right people steering that thing, driving it. And, you know, I... We just got a lot of young, like locally, we just got a lot of young and inexperienced, inexperienced that that don't know exactly, you know, what to do in them things or where to be at or whatever. I mean, well, that's that's what's going on right now. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not sitting there bashing nobody. I mean, the, the, everybody has to learn. You have to learn. Well, and, going back to Justin Bowling, when we talked to him last week, you know that was. One thing I talked to him in the three years he's been doing it, and and he said his big challenge this year is, I have to make aggressive moves on the racetrack. Right, right. Exactly. I cannot exactly. sit back when I see opportunities. Nope. I have to go put the car in there. Hey, here, here's the problem with that class. Any any current race you go to in the country, I don't I don't care if it's a two hundred to win to twenty thousand to win. By the rules, you're all equal. When, when you put that many cars on a racetrack that can't get away from each other, it takes skill. It, it takes knowledge. It takes ability to be able to move forward. I mean, and that's just... Yeah, but you can't out-motor everybody. Right. There's, there, you know, there's just no way. And that's why I told Tater, I said, the reason we, you know, them guys are killing each other last Saturday night. And I thought, I said, man, nobody can get away from anybody. I mean, they can't really get away. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's about three or four, maybe, that are a step ahead, way ahead of the, the next rest. seven right. to eight. But you you take that other crowd, they can't really get away from each other, and and it's. I'm not saying they can't drive a race car. I'm not saying they don't have good parts, good 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 pieces. I'm not saying that they have to have a master boat car to do this. I'm saying. There's guys out there that have really good race cars that don't go around the racetrack very well. And I'm not saying it's because of them. It's just the knowledge. It's it's the knowledge as as the guy that sits in the seat. It's the knowledge of the guy that works on the car, being the, probably the same person in a lot, of, a lot of aspects here. But you, just like Tedder and I've talked, I mean, you have to be really good. If you don't have a really good person working on your race car, you got to be a really good person that can do that plus be a really good race car. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. you Because, you know, we've seen great race car drivers, good race car drivers. I've watched Don O'Neill. I watched Donald Neal wheel the shit out of stuff that I'm like, there is no way that car going around the racetrack. And he'd do it. There's just not that many people out there, especially this younger generation. There's just not that out there. But also, I've seen Donald Neal and stuff that I thought he would just kill him in, and he didn't. You know what I mean? So, I think 
and, and you know, Tanner and I have taught us, it's the knowledge of the race car. You have to have somebody, whether it's the driver or a crew member or somebody, has to have knowledge of that race car and be able to see what that race car is doing or feel what that race car is doing to make the right move to become from fifth to win or from tenth to fifth. Well, it, there's a lot of places that we race with over the year that I can when when we was racing with Don. That you know, I mean, we went to Columbus, Mississippi. Most of the time, we was a sixth through twelfth place car. We couldn't win. Because for what we was doing was the wrong thing. Well, the changes that we made on our car made us where we was competitive and we was good enough to win a couple of big races. But, you I mean, Don told me what he needed, but it didn't say this, this, and this. I can't do this, Tater. You got to fix this, you know? And you learn from them guys what you do. It ain't, it ain't always, oh, I'm so smart. I know exactly what to do. You work through it and you say, man, that's the right direction. Maybe I need to go some more, you know? There's, and once you find you've gone too far, you back it up a little bit. There is no manual that teaches <laughs> yeah, you right, how right. to race these cars because there's too many different variables in where you go race. Whether it's open, crate, super, whatever it is, and whether you're racing in Mississippi or Junction City, Kentucky, or Brownstown or Cedar Lake, Wisconsin, or Knoxville, it's all different. So you got to build that manual. Do you build that manual in a year? No. And sometime when a guy prices a car, or whatever, say, man, that thing's pretty high. It depends on what kind of knowledge comes with it, too. <laughs> yeah. If you get some help, you see what I mean. The problem is the the lower class racer or the the, the some of the racers they don't get no help. You I mean they're starving to death for it. You can't get it. You know, it's it's about like me. If you ain't got no money and you want to know how to learn how to operate a computer. Nobody's going to teach you. Now, if you got some money, say, man, I'll teach you how to run a computer or whatever it might Absolutely. be. Absolutely. It depends on that's our society has changed. It's service oriented <laughs> anymore. It's like McDonald's and Burger King. We don't want to make our stuff. We want to go buy it. We want it now. We want a lot more. We want it now. Absolutely. And that's what we've turned into is a service oriented society. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, when you talk about that manual and, and the years it takes to build it, you just said on here, you know, how much you've enjoyed testing the last couple of years and all the stuff you've learned. Yeah. And we've talked before, you know, the accolades, the races you've won with Masters Built and the guys you've had sit in the seat. People could sit and say, well, how are you still learning? But that's the whole thing is how these cars change, yeah. Yeah. how it continues <laughs> to update. And I think for people, though, that's the whole thing. As soon as you think you figured it all out, mm-hmm. you're behind. Hey, mm-hmm. we, we left the shop a while ago thinking we was in pretty good shape <laughs> i guarantee you right now we're probably not uh, th- 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 this stuff changes it don't change daily it changes hourly a- anymore I mean, somebody's it, figuring something yeah, out yeah i mean you know somebody's racing somewhere right now that's doing something that nobody else is doing at the moment that's that's you know maybe it may be the next great thing and when you get on a run and you can win a race or two or three or four and have a good month or whatever you better enjoy it because that thing can go south <laughs> yeah. as, as quick as it's north yep it just it is what it is you mean because in the same stuff that you did that, that was working it won't get you up front or whatever and sometimes it's sometimes it's fate sometimes it's luck you know right. what i mean sometimes the guy works on his car and his car is good because his reflection of his finish was because of bad qualifying number 
you know, a, a well, wreck in a heat or, right. you know what I mean, the, 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 the circumstances that happens to you determines your night. If you get a bad qualifying lap and you're, qual- and you're starting on that and you dig a hole, you cannot hardly get out of it no more. No, there's too many, there's too many out there that's doing the same thing you're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And just, all right, last night, you know, Bobby Pierce killed him in that race, okay. John Daport runs second. Kyle Larson ran third. Pretty now, much, pretty much how they started, wasn't right. it? Right. So, th- so there you go. I mean, the thing about it is, is, is my guess is Billy uh, Pierce did not does not have the equipment that those two cars behind him has. I think everybody you would know, agree with that. So, but I'm not saying that Billy or Bob he is uh, that much better behind the wheel as those two guys you know they're I, I believe you know they're all very very good but the thing about it is is like you know you got Davenport that's a very financed outfit mm-hmm. very financed you know and he runs second and he, he's run second in these flow races how many times <laughs> now so now you take Kyle Larson which we know Kyle Larson's a phenom he you know he's but also, Kyle Larson is in probably one of the most engineered race cars that we're gonna we're gonna fight against. Okay, so you got three different Groups. aspects of this whole deal. You know, you got Bobby Pierce, which I pat on him on the back. You know, yeah. good, yeah, hell yeah, great. I'm, you know, because he don't have what those other two have. He don't have the funding that Davenport has. And he don't have the engineering that Larson, Larson has. has. But, you know, he got the job done. Then they run second, third. But, you know, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, things, I don't know. It's just, you, like I said, you get, you hit it at that right time. You get it, you hit it at the right time. And things, you know, things work out, you know. But it's just like Davenport. I mean, things ain't working out for him. I mean, and he's got all kinds of money floating yeah, his well, you way. Yeah, look at Jonathan. He struggled there for a right. year Right. I mean, and he, half. he's just, it's like nothing's hitting his what. He, mm-hmm. It ain't that he's bad. Right. Yeah. It just ain't hitting. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, the, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is this is the way this racing works. Yeah. I mean, you can, you, like I say, the years that you have a good year. You better, you better you take better it. You better take it because, like I said, Jonathan, a year or two ago, man, he struggled. Mm-hmm. He had a couple right. of bad years. Right. And look at Jimmy Owens. He won the Lucas Oil yeah, Force last go. year. There for two years, man. That guy, he, I got to hit, man, I got to take my hat off for him to hang it up. He kept digging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for two years, you were waiting for him to announce he was hanging it up yeah. and being done. Yeah. But the other thing that's interesting about what you just said there with, you know, talking about, that starting position and Pierce and Davenport and Larson. I think sometimes people don't realize either. Even if you've got the better car, there's a huge difference between being better and getting around the guy in front of you. I mean, that's you. There's a lot of times faster cars run second or third because you can't, if the guy can drive well and, and block your line and keep you off your line and run through lap cars well, 
there's a huge difference between being faster and passing. I think that's what the difference is in our cars to this day and age, is they they're they are track sensitive, pattern sensitive, and all the cars is built the same way to run the same pattern. Right. The right. best cars now is the cars that is motive. You can motivate them to pass a guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Do anymore? It's not how fast you can go. I don't think sometimes. You got to get your car good enough that it can be motivated to pass somebody. Whether it be in traffic, whether you got to follow that guy to traffic. Right. If a car that's very drivable, I think can win a race. Now, if they run so many laps and and you can't ever get to traffic or whatever, maybe not. But the car that's more raceable can win a race. Heck, Scott's did it for years, guys. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Scott. Scott was one the one guy that would, you know. You. You can't pass them by following them. You you have to figure out how to pass cars, and you know I I get this whole arrow thing. We we we're so super late model racing is so much. Uh, so there's we got so many people down there in the Carolinas that are so much about wind tunnel and engineering. We're and- we're, we're, we're arrow sensitive, and you know I don't I don't believe. That these cars are that that aero sensitive, I get it. You know, we go to West Virginia or, or we go to Eldor or we go to somewhere big. I can get it, but I don't believe that we're at Brownstown and somebody took the air off my nose. I don't believe that. I believe the problem is my nose is too close to you and I had to lift, and my car could not sustain that. It, you know what I'm it saying? Changed the it changed the attitude it, of the race right. car. When you lifted the gas, it it, you got it, it, it put me in a push, yeah. and it wasn't because of the arrow. It was because of my foot. Now, that's the way it has to happen because you can't – I mean, otherwise you're going to drive over the guy in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And So I don't get into this arrow thing as much. And, you know, I think – my opinion, coming into this as a new recomer after twenty some years of in out of the industry, I get whatever. But I don't believe in this era as much as some people. I do not believe in that. I believe in the mechanical part of it, and I believe that if there was a way that a, a, a driver could run up behind somebody and have to lift and his car not change. You would never hear about this arrow thing, but because if his car doesn't get out of attitude right. when he lifts right there and he can get right back on the right. throttle, he's not falling back. Right, mm-hmm. and 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 you know which that's stuff we are you know that's things we are you know working on and, and doing, but you know these guys that it it almost looks like to me is an excuse a lot of times you know. I mean, I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not after racing with the guys. I shouldn't say that, but, but still, yeah, it just seems like an excuse a little bit to where that, you know, I get it maybe at Eldor or maybe, you know, when we're running 120 mile an hour down straight away, I can get it. But also, I can get it was as if we're running 120 mile an hour, we're on a pretty good straightaway. So that car is up like this. Well, I can tell you, you sustain a car up like that on them bars like that. That thing's gonna not want to drive very far you know what i mean it, it's not like driving your pickup truck yeah. down the highway it's a little different 
you know you're you know so you, you know it I, I guess if you just you just twitch that steering wheel just a little bit that car is going to do you know everything happens very fast in those race cars I, I i do know that now but so but i think i i really truly believe that it you can come up with something we can come up with something that can race well you know the right setup that the, the can race well and can do that to where we'll take some of those guys that are are very talented but you know we we can open up their curve if that makes any sense if we can open up their curve a little bit that that would make a big difference in this sport well and it goes back to those older school guys too you know i remember when we had Jeff Wilson on here and we were talking to Jeff and we, we brought up simulators and Jeff, you know, laughed and said, that's bullshit, that simulator won't do anything. And and he said, because you can't feel it in your rear end. He said, if you can't feel it in your rear end, there's there you're not, you don't know the car. And I think that part of, in my opinion, I've never sat in the seat, but from an outsider, you know, I think back in the day, a guy could feel something and had the ability to adjust more in the car, how he was driving, his driving style, to adapt to a, a missed setup. And now, I think it goes back to somewhat of what you're saying. If I've got a lift and the car's out of attitude, there's not much I can do outside of that now. Yeah, so the, the, there's a spot right there that if you if you if you back up or you, or you can't charge, you keep going, the car the the car is built to do this, you know. So if you mess it up, it's you got to recover. Well, when you recover, you lose ground. So, and and what Jeff? I mean, back in the day, Jeff's right. I mean, back in the day, we were we were more ass sensitive. You know, we were more about that kind of stuff. You know, and uh, but today, you got to be on that right front. That car's got to be steering around the corner, and if if you have to uh, if you have to back that up and that car can't recover that, you know it causes problems. And you know that's what I believe everybody's working on. Mm-hmm. You know, not just not just us or you know everybody's working on that situation. You yeah, know, it's going to be very interesting in the next the three or four years to see where racing goes because i've been involved with some of the the sanctioning bodies and they've been at the shop matter of fact this past week and they've looked at different ways to motivate and to, to change this rule and change that rule and them guys are looking for some way to make these cars more competitive or more even or they're just looking at the ways to do that so i mean it's eventually going to happen they they want that ability the most exciting racing is racing where cars can battle and pass back and forth and and that's what everybody wants to get get to yeah so i don't i don't know what the answer is i i you know i mean we build them to the rules and try to go beyond them some and the i mean that's up to them guys to decide that i know it's like saying well, we're going to change motors this year. Well, they got all super motors, and you got, say, 300 guys that run supercars or whatever out there. It's got unlimited motors. You say, well, we're going to make you run 358s this year. They can't do that because there's 300 guys out there mm-hmm. that's got four or five motors apiece. And some people say, well, you need to fix the rule with motors. 
man, you can't do that because there's too many of them out there. That would have to be a two or three year deal to phase some of that stuff out. And I mean, hard tires or whatever, I don't know if that's the answer. It's probably going to come down to some kind of body rule because I knew back in the years, the day when it was struggling and Bob Members tried, started the UMP deal, mm-hmm. we come from wedge cars to a car that looked like a shoebox. You know, but it went from our racing was pretty much dead supercars to the UMP fixing it. Now, I don't know if that'll fix it today or not. I ain't saying what it is, but what did fix our racing around here regionally is M604 crate motors. Now, am I telling you ever 604 crate motor out there is legal? Who knows? You know what I mean? But and that, you're never going to know. You're never going to know because the problem is you can't hire a guy, tech. Uh, you can't get a tech man that can make enough to, to, to do that. You know what I mean? And when you're out there racing for seven, $800, how are you going to tear down a guy's motor or whatever? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. But I can tell you one thing. It made a, it saved a racing around here regionally and local with them 604s. Do you agree with me? Yeah. And, and I'll go back to this, and I think that's a great point to what we were talking about earlier when – we talked about touring series and i'm not gonna i'm not saying this because i'm not knocking those major touring series but you go back and look at the history of local and regional racing brown sound speedway you know florence eldora those weren't about touring series no. those guys the best of the best oh, yeah. raced right around here mm-hmm. and when you go down to speed weeks in florida it was still the guys from around here that were going down there to get the chance so that's the other part too as we look at this crate deal and as it grows it's that it's what super racing was back in the 80s and 90s because guys are attached to this local area and it's it they don't have to have that touring series no, to go no. run them guys want to go be able to outrun the guys that they race around there regionally you know what i mean you could just name the names off over there right now that want to outrun each other mm-hmm. and i can see it and some of the guys that Got our cars. I know that they're new car. We got a couple of them that's going to be over in the next two, three weeks. Well, them guys want to win them races. You know, one of them is that there Shoemaker and Jeremy Hines. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jeremy can win them races. He's run, <laughs> he's won super races at Brownstown. Shoemaker's won some races in his crate car, too. Them guys want to go be competitive. And it ain't about, you know what I mean? They both got jobs and businesses and whatever. They're not going to get rich racing that car. They want to be competitive. And if they can win Saturday night, they're going to beat your chest because they outrun the guys they outrun. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the same goes away with, with Tyler Neal and, and the other bunch over. Good for them guys. You know what I mean? That They get their racing fix and racing local and don't have to break the bank to do it. Absolutely. And, and, and can still, you know, and can still put themselves in that, that class and that history book of, you know, like you just brought up Tyler Neal. What he's done so far this year getting off to the start he has i mean yeah. you know people were calling him rick gum there for a while and it yeah. was it he's was gotta be cheating <laughs> he's gotta be cheating but you know it is i mean that's what's so much fun about that group that's over there is yeah. you've got 10 to 12 guys that are there every week that yeah. that just want to beat each other right. oh yeah yeah that's that's that when you go to brownstown there's about three or four of them you're gonna have to get over and wrestle around with yeah and they're gonna run good <laughs> yeah it's it is what it is yeah, you talk about Tyler, Shelby, Peden. Yeah, you know those three are going to be up front. And you're going to deal yep. with them every week. Yep. You throw Raymond Humphrey in there yep. and some yep. of those others. And as long as the summer goes, I'm telling you, you're going to add two or three more in there. So there'll be six over there, and you can win one night or the one weekend and run fifth or sixth the next weekend. Mm-hmm. And it's not no shame. It's just your qualifying lap or your heat race or or circumstances. You see what I mean? Just like you said, sometimes fastest car don't always win a race. Absolutely. 
absolutely and and you know and it, that's what that's what i think is so exciting and don't get me wrong yeah it's cool when the, the touring series comes in but for a race fan that doesn't think there's great racing going on in that crate class and go out and watch because yeah. there's great racing all over yeah. the place yeah. man you know that class that class is is the class right now and you know and i told taylor this earlier this week i said you know <clears throat> people come to man that 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 pure stock classes went down or how modified classes went down or Taylor, I said, you know, that crate class is sustained. It it ain't that it's getting way bigger. It's just when when somebody leaves, somebody comes in. Yep. Top deal. It just has sustained this long that that's becoming the class. I mean, that's the class, you know. And for an average person that don't know anything really truly about late model racing, you walk in the grandstands and there's no supers there. You don't have a clue the difference between that that car and a supercar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good racing. It's mm-hmm. good racing. I mean, you know, them guys are killing each other <laughs> for it. I mean, and, and that's that's what as a fan you want to see. That's, that's what will put people in the stands if you can come over there and see that. You know, and I mean, you know, that's probably. I ain't saying that's what our concentration is, but we're that's what we're working at. You know, that's what we're headed towards. You know, we want to make sure we got a good crate car out there. Yeah. Well, this weekend down in the Tennessee area, they got four nights in a row to pay two thousand to win the crates. You know, and Mitch has got a race down at four eleven, June the twenty fifth. That's ten thousand to win mm-hmm. the crate. So there is some races out there. Right. Pays. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like the touring series that pays that every week. But if you search around that south, southeast, they've got some big Absolutely. races. They do. And just like Brownstown, that's a lot of them is a major events. Like there's a lot of tracks down in the south that they'll have their Friday night or Saturday night races. They'll have 602, 604, and then you've got a beginner, beginner class, mods and something else, and they have 130 or 140 yep. cars mm-hmm. on the ground. Right. And that's their major, that's their major class. And, you I mean, a lot of them is drawing a good grandstand to watch him too. Uh, well, that's like I said. When I follow that American Crate All Star Series, I mean, and and the the names down there that are super names that run regional super races. You know, when you're talking about a, a Cody Hedgecock or a, um, a Randy Weaver that also are running crates every week because they've got those opportunities to run for that money and it's great competition mm-hmm. but you're exactly right the grandstands are full yeah for those races yeah, down there they do they draw a lot they've also got that they're still that what topless still yep head, still head racing they they had a big race we was at smoky mountain I, about five weeks ago and they had the super late models and then the Topless, that, topless outlaws. Topless outlaws, yeah. And they had a pile of cars. Mm-hmm. They draw a heck of a crowd, yeah, and, a group and, of cars. Good racing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to Smoky Mountain quite a few times, but that was the best racing that weekend with the supercars and them that and them are still ahead and topless that I'd seen since I've been going down there now. I mean, uh, I've in the past I hadn't been a big fan of Smoky Mountain, but uh, the sellers that owns that track, mm-hmm. he has come a long, long way. And you know what I mean? In that area down there, when you go down the area, you can watch the races. 
You can also ease your way over and battle that traffic at Pigeon Forge <laughs> yeah. or Gatlinburg. But I'm telling you, when the pandemic was at its worst, that area down there never shut down. No, that's yeah. where I was at. You know, between Bulls Gap, um, Crossville, and Smoky Mountain, that's where I spent most of the spring last year because that's the only place it was racing. Yep. And yep. I remember it was probably – it was probably april in april the first time i went down the bulls gap for their yeah. big weekend and yeah. i walked in and that place was packed mm-hmm. seat to seat and yeah. they were full on we went and raced the race at, at uh rays it was during the pandemic and there was like three of us the crew could go there's 25 cars <laughs> then we went to boyd's to run the next saturday night the deal was down there, $20 on Friday night, 25 on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the deal was. Roll them in. There was no deal on COVID. <laughs> That's what the deal was, 20 and 25. Yep. <laughs> Three or 30. Yep. We don't care. We don't care. So, and, and just before we jump off here, because we are at an hour already, but just so everybody out there listening knows, a uh, big weekend at Brown Sound Speedway this weekend with the Bobby Wilson Memorial. Uh, $5,000 to win Super Late Model Show, Friday and Saturday night racing action on both nights. And uh, come out, check out the Bobby Wilson Memorial there at Brown Sound Speedway and and support that uh, that event this weekend. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Gerald's also working on something for Brownstown too, the North Vernon racetrack over there. Mm-hmm. We're putting up $100 for every feature. Yes, I've seen this. For a Master Bill car to win. If it don't win, it goes to the next week. So if they go to the, the end of the year and it's 12 or 14 races, it'll be twelve or $1,400. So somebody's going to get that money unless we don't win a race. But whoever but whoever the first one to win is, if it's two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, they'll get 100 every week multiplied, you know? so. And I love that idea. I, think, I saw when she posted that the other day on Facebook and – it's a it's just a cool thing for those master built drivers out there to have that opportunity to go yeah. and get a little bit of a bonus on it yeah yeah well if, I, if they want to put me out of a job let it go for a while <laughs> 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 well if it goes too long rick will be out there in his own car trying yeah. to get get an opportunity we'll have to make sure he wins so we don't have to pay the money yeah. <laughs> i gotta get my paycheck somebody <laughs> well guys i i want to say this like i said we're already at an hour but um i appreciate both of you coming on and you know like i said uh we're big big fans and supporters of masters built and i love you guys being down here in town and uh we're gonna keep pulling for you guys and any way we can help push you guys we're we're gonna do the best we can yeah well like i say you know i mean we're not the we're not the young guys we're the the older guys well rick and and josh them guys are young guys i'm older and you know i mean Keith and myself is we've been fortunate enough that we get on the, we've got on the stage about everywhere, but we still want to win races regardless. You know what I mean? It's like as a, here's an example: Billy Moyer and Scott. I bet you you'd ask him guys, would you want to win the World 100 again? You dag on right 100. Yeah. You know, and we want to run as good as we can. Man, I like winning at Brownstown. I want to win one of them crate races over there. Uh, it was unfortunate we lost Marty and Larry Hartwell this year. They quit racing. But man, I'm just going to go over and race with the with the Peden and the, and the Neil and that bunch. You know what I mean? I think that'd be cool to have a car in there swapping paint with them guys. Well, and I'll tell you that that deal with Larry getting out and Marty getting out. I hate it this year just because there is so much competition up front, mm-hmm. and we all know that. You know, Larry wouldn't have run mid pack very long. He'd have, he'd have got Marty right up front, and Marty being the wheel man he is, that would have been a lot of fun watching yeah. those guys yeah. mix it up. Yeah, it would be. You just got to get over there and get after it, you know. But it here's the deal, though. When you get them teams to do that, it takes commitment. 
it's hard for him to not go, go, not go, not go. You know what I mean? Man, it takes a commitment to you do gotta that. Race. I mean, yeah, that's right. You got to race. Right. You got to race. race. I mean, Man, and right now, my I'm so full with stuff to do. It's hard for me to go to Brown Center Vernon every Saturday night, mm-hmm. you know. I got to service some guys in the south, southeast, too, and down there. And something else, too, we got another kid who's driving our car, uh, 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 Cade. 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 Scott's or uh, Captain's boy. He uh, ran that race down there at Bulls Gap and mm-hmm. qualified really good. I think the kid can make a good racer because – He's more or less like your Bobby Pierce and Huddy and them. His, ask, his dad has been in good. this. His dad, his dad worked with Scott. His dad worked with Auckland. His dad's worked with everybody in the industry. He he's he has that kid had should have the knowledge already in, distilled in him before he even sits down on the seat. And he's a pretty accomplished go kart racer. And uh, I I believe that you know just. He'll know where to put the car, regardless if he can put it there or not. If that makes right. Sense. I mean, he, he he's going to know what to do. Well, and you can see that in drivers. Sometimes the car's not going to do what they want, mm-hmm. and and maybe to the untrained eye, it looks like they made a mistake. But if you understand, if the car to stuck or if they'd have been able to make that move, that was the move they were going to be able to win the race right. on. Uh, hey, there's somebody else got a talent shot out. That there Eric uh, Spangler up in Michigan, mm-hmm. he won that 5,000 win race two weeks ago, and then he got wrecked on Saturday night. He's got a new car like Pearson that guys got running down there. This guy ain't hardly run out of the top two or three in the last four or five weeks. Now, he got wrecked, and we had to rebuild his car last week, but that guy's hung in there with us, and, man, he has won some good races so far in Michigan. So he's won what? Uh, has he won four the three or four this year i think he's won four races four, and four a years. couple seconds yeah already and, this year and so the, and the race that he won was one of them challenge races two weeks ago or a week ago on friday, friday night, night and yep. it was really impressive yep and that's again it goes back to rick what you started out with this is that you know the people who think that masters build is dead or closed or gone are so far off that it's yeah. it's not even funny yeah no, I mean, you know, it's not going away. I mean, that's what, you know, just racing in general, Tater and I talked about it today. I said, it ain't going away. And I didn't, I didn't go down there, back down there to uh, to fail. I mean, I told Tater when we first talked, I said, I'm going to come down there to fail. We're gonna, you know, and Tater's already, you know, the, the path is already made. You know, it's already headed that right direction. And, you know, hey, our new car is good. I'm telling you, our new race car is good. I don't care what anybody wants to say. I'll put it up against an XR1. Well, I, don't, I don't give a shit. Barry Eller, our dealer down there in, the, in, in Oxford, South Carolina, he said, Tater, your cars are good. We just got to get more guys to run right. some supercars for you. You know what I mean? Like I said, that Michael Roush runs really good down there. Dustin Mitchell's getting mm-hmm. a new car, and that Johnny Persley's got a new one ordered. So we got some good guys that's getting ready to get in the cars. Dustin drove for that Corky Williams, and he's won a pile of races. They had some differences. And he, and, he won he won four or five already this yep, year. Yep, he won one of the ultimate <clears throat> shows down there. So, okay. Like I say, you know what I mean? Now, they had some differences and split up, but Dustin, we're building him a new car right now. So, like I said, we got some pretty good guys. So everybody out there, be on the lookout because uh, Masters Built headed back in the right direction, and um, a lot of exciting things going on right down there south of Crothersville. So, gentlemen, I appreciate you. Hope to have you back on again soon, and hope to share a beer with you at Thirsty's here pretty soon too. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be back in two weeks.
Thank you, everybody.